Welcome to Not The Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad, Matt, and his friend, James, talking about real relevant things and sharing stories. (laughs) Welcome to Not The Worst Pastors Podcast. This is James Gomez. I'm the pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and I'm here with Matthew Coyne. He is the pastor at Rollins Church in Manton, Michigan. And Matt, I am, I'm wondering why you sometimes have balloons floating up the screen when you're on your Mac. I, I, this is a question for me. Yeah, I, I wish I could, uh, answer you. I now have had two separate incidences where two different programs, what we record through through Riverside and then zoom, uh, where just randomly balloons start fluttering up <laughs> through my screen. Like, you know, like 3D balloons yeah. that's in the You camera. can see it, and I can see it, and the people that you were on the Zoom meeting with could see it. Yep. And, and both times weren't really the most opportune times. Like, th- it was very serious. Con- I mean, it happened when we were recording last week, when mm-hmm. we were talking about a very serious conversation. It happened when I was counseling a premarital couple. And they were talking about something serious. Like, I thought maybe is it, you know, like, if is it a trigger word? So I start randomly yelling, like, balloons, party, celebrate. But I'm like, we weren't talking about that stuff. So I don't know. Right. Maybe it's just strange. Maybe it's a sad moment and your Mac is trying to lift you up by like, ah, this is getting this is getting deep. You know, let's put some balloons up there. That's a good. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll make sure we let the listeners know if balloons randomly start floating up. <laughs> well, we talk I would love them. to hear from people who are having random <laughs> balloons, and maybe there's some kind of diagnosis that could take place here. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I, and I'm worried too. Like, I'm going to be talking to these people on the other podcast, and they're going to be like somebody I barely know, and they're going to be like, "Who's this Yahoo that I said yes I would, you know, be interviewed?" But maybe they would think it's amazing. And they were like, "That's this guy's awesome." Yeah, and then just pretend that you did it on purpose. Like, ah, yeah. I just needed a moment of levity, so I thought balloons. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, today we have a more light topic. I, you know, in a way, but I mean, I guess from compared to last week, many many things are lighter in terms of topic. But uh, we had a question from this week's birthday boy, Nate Selly. He's a member of my congregation. No, no balloons. Crazy. (laughs) Well, how about this? If it's a depressing topic, he turned 50 this week. No balloons. Okay. So he turned 50 this week. And so half a century, happy birthday, Nate, bro, Nate. And he asked the question um, about, can we talk about the future of the conservative Christian church? And so you and I spend a couple of seconds, like, Okay, this is the topic for today. We're going to discuss this. What is it? What is a con- what is it? What is a conservative church? What is a conservative Christian church? So there's a little bit to unpack here, and it might not be universally agreed upon. But Matt and I decided that we're just going to talk about perspectives of conservatism, perhaps, and how that relates to the church. And so we're going to just kind of go for that. Um, so in terms of a conservative church, Matt, I think that most people could be thinking of, they could go into the realm of politics. So mm-hmm. how well does the, the church match a conservative platform in that regard? They could also look at it from a strictly church 
history perspective and say that a conservative Christian church is more one that clings to its its roots from a, a worship perspective, so using an historic liturgy perhaps, mm-hmm. or just maintains an older perspective on you know how to on how to do ministry in general. Uh, I, those those are two potentials there. Yeah, I I mean I guess yeah I, I struggle with even that term conservative because I think in today's age we instantly go to politics. I think the average person when you hear conservative Christianity you instantly go to politics, you know, like the evangelical and, movement or yes, something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I even look up, you know, what is a conservative Christian and uh, it, it kind of aligns with what you're talking about, you know, both either, <clears throat> excuse me, either uh, theological or search as far as church history or uh, po- uh, political as well. But, I guess I just struggle because in today's age, I know the term conservative Christianity is it's not bad. It's saying you're, you know, sticking with what the Bible says, but I think in 2024, it's hard to use that word um, and still represent what you mean. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. But as you were, at talking, least what I think you would mean. Yeah. As you were talking, I, I was thinking that the terms maybe let's, if we have conservative and progressive. And we can use the term liberal, and I think those two are somewhat interchangeable, liberalism and progressivism. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, our brains do go to the realm of politics, but they do describe something more than just political perspective. So a conservative Christian church does subscribe to the teachings of Scripture but even there's a little bit more to that because progressives still subscribe to the teachings of scripture, but they don't give it the same weight. And I don't think, I mean, and this is a generalization, I think. But if we say that conservatives um, have the, they treat the Bible as inerrant, uh, historical, uh, and still of value for us today. And maybe progressives would think of it more, maybe more mythological, um, and it's got good teachings, but we still have to filter through it and boil the scriptures down to the, the fundamental teaching of God is love, and then everything else that is not loving, at least as we're perceiving it, is maybe a second class of scripture level, like level of scripture. Like we don't have to take that as seriously, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a great differentiation or not, but. No, I I think that's good. But here's my problem. You just took almost two minutes to define that. And you defined it well. Like, I'm not saying you didn't. You hit it. Yep. You hit it. You hit it well. And so I guess my question is, is why do we have to use why can't we use, you know, biblically faithful or why can't we use the word God honoring or, you know, whatever that or, or gospel teaching church? And because I think that and I know what people say, well, you know, there's liberal churches that teach and I'm going to argue that there's also con- or there's liberal churches that teach the scripture. And I'm and I'm going to argue, well, there's probably conservative churches that don't, you know, in today's mm-hmm. age 
because we're so worried about politics. And so why can't we use the term biblically faithful? If I tell you, James, that Rollins Church is a biblically faithful church, do I have to really explain any more to you? Well, I think I understand what that means, but I think biblically faithful could also mean, okay, so it doesn't describe that you are, uh, that you have a, a long history of this. Like it doesn't describe like what um, cling, I, I'm going to use the word clinging to mm-hmm. uh, an historical perspective. Um, but I would think of a conservative church as one that has some some richness of history in being that way. And I don't, I mean, I know, I know, I know you and I know something about Rollins church, but I I don't think any of these terms adequately describe the whole situation, I guess. Uh, Yeah. And I, well, and so you said conservative. And again, I, yes, if you asked, are we conservative or we liberal or we progressive, I would say, well, yeah, we're conservative, but I just feel like today's, standards of what conservative it is completely changed and so now you have to come now you have to explain what you mean by conservative if i just say i'm biblically faithful or i'm a we're a gospel teaching church then if someone i get you yeah so there's still explanation that needs to be had you know but i think i know part of nate's question is you know the future of that i think the future is it's it's God, it's, we're the bride of Christ. I mean, Acts 20, verse 28 says, Jesus obtained this church, the church by his blood. So it's not the conservative church. It's not the liberal. It's not the progressive. It's Christ's church. What's the future? It's going to prevail and it's going to have victory through him coming back again. So, okay. um, Yeah. So maybe we approach the question from a, maybe a defensive perspective because I think if we had to put ourselves into the category of conservative or progressive, I think we'd probably, we'd, we'd choose conservative. Like that's, yeah. that's what we would mm-hmm. choose as the label, but yeah. that's maybe in a, in and of itself, not appropriate for us to yes. do. That's what yes. you're saying. Yeah. Um, so what's the future of the conservative church? There isn't one. What's the future of the liberal church? There isn't one. It's the bride of Christ. That's the future is what I'm trying to get across because now we're start labeling. Okay. So if we have to answer the question, what's the future of the conservative church, we now have to answer what's the future of the liberal church. And they're both, we're bringing in man-made requirements and, and things like that, not from the Bible. Right. But those things do have, um, there are churches, individual churches who, uh, maybe would label label themselves or identify as conservative or progressive. Yeah. Um, so if a if a church does that, and then we're answering the question, are we su- are we suggesting perhaps that the the conservative church or the liberal church, progressive church, shouldn't have a history, shouldn't have a future, meaning? That's not what they should be pursuing, that label, that concept, because. I I mean, I would argue, I mean, if you start doing that, then, you know, I was just preaching this past Sunday in in John 10 and talking about Jesus. You know, he says he's the good shepherd. And we talk about wolves and sheep's clothing. 
I don't care if it's a conservative church or a liberal church. There will be wolves in disguised as sheep. Right. And Jude chapter three verse and Jude chapter three and Jude chapter four, we talked about how that's going to continue until the victorious reign of, of King Jesus. That's not gonna stop. So I think that's why we need to remove the labels of liberal and uh and conservative, because then we start, if I'm honest, I think as humans we say, oh, Well, I go to a conservative church. Well, I go to no no no. Are you teaching are you biblically faithful? That's the future of the church is is King Jesus, not conservative conservative conservatism. I can't talk conservative and liberal. <laughs> yes. So, um, I, okay. so I think it's just Matt being silly with his semantics again. But I do think we need to be careful, even to the point of I can't stand when people say I'm an American Christian. No, right. you're you're a Christian who lives in America, you know. So okay. I'm a liberal Christian. No, you're supposed to be a God honoring bib- Bible, biblically faithful Christian. Okay. So we're adding a lot of terms, adjectives, descriptors to the church that just don't need to be there. I mean, when, yes, thank I, you. You just we, said it. <laughs> when we talk about God's church, it's church or God's church. Those are the options. And if, as soon as we start adding, extra labels, whether it's Lutheran or Methodist or whatever, well, now those are points of division and a house divided against itself cannot stand. So what is the future of, of a church, a, of a church, con- a congregation or a church body that is labeled anything beyond or beside God's church? Well, it should fail. It should yeah. fall. Yeah. And so okay. that's what I want to make sure I'm clear. I get what conservative means and I get what Nate's question is. Uh-huh. And so what's the future of the conservative church? Well, if you're talking biblically faithful, biblically controlled, gospel teaching, Jesus is the center, then the future is clear. The Bible tells us that it will be victorious, that, uh-huh. that his kingdom will be victorious and the church is within the kingdom. So that's clear. But I think we just need to be careful because in today's age, when you say I'm a conservative Christian to a person on the street, they're most likely going to cringe and go, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, or I'm a liberal Christian. Oh, no, that's so. Yes. And you hit it right on the head that we, I think, add and look at us, look at our relationship over the last several years that we always joke that, you know, I'm you know, Baptist by theology, you're Lutheran by theology. And we're like, that sounds like a, like a punchline, a Baptist and a Lutheran walk mm-hmm. into a podcast. Well, for me, <laughs> for me, it would have to be Walmart. I'm not a bar. So, um, but, but I, I think that right there, when I tell people that I do a podcast with a Lutheran pastor, they're like, really? You know, like if, like, it's just such a shocker to them. And I'm like, here we are putting up barriers that now don't get me wrong. Do we disagree on theology and doctrine? I mean, you and I do with with things, but that doesn't get in the way of us being able to share the gospel and, mm-hmm. you know, and and be disciples who are honoring the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was just kind of, you know, pondering the next statement of some kind. It's it's just the two of us. So if you're not if you're talking you know, I have two options. One is to listen and the other is to 
think about what I'm going to say next so that there's not some kind of massive weird lull in the whole stream, right? So yeah. sometimes I'm listening and sometimes I'm totally not. Is that fair? I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, no, not too many people listen to me. So, <laughs> so you go to Walmart, but not you, you. You can't go to a bar, by the way, or you should not, or how does that work for you? I mean, I would definitely say in my church, I have way more people than not who think the consumption of alcohol is a sin. Okay. So to, you know, I personally do not think that, uh, but because I am the, the pastor here out of absolute respect and understanding of that, I, I don't have any, and Brittany and I both, I mean, we have no issue with, I, I can make it without, you know, have I drank alcohol in the past? I absolutely have. But, mm -hmm. you know, out of respect for those who have that. Now, we've talked about it here when, right. when we talked about Jesus turning water into wine earlier mm -hmm. in John. I had a real conversation. I said, it's okay that Jesus turned water into wine and it's okay if you don't want to drink. But please do not take away from the power of this amazing miracle. He did not turn it into grape juice. That wouldn't have been an impressive miracle. An impressive miracle is turning into the best wine ever made that these people tasted. That's a miracle. Right. So, and it's okay not to have, not to drink wine if you think that it is against your standards. But please don't take away from that miracle. Is this, um, I know this is kind of a, you know, straying from the initial topic, but is this, uh, is alcohol consumption kind of a, uh, meat sacrifice to idols sort of thing from first Corinthians or you mean not? within like my tradition? Yeah. Like, well, it, it sounds the like you side. are, you are respecting people's perspective. Uh, and yes. so therefore you're not because you wouldn't want to be a stumbling block. Yeah. Yes. I see what you're asking. Yes. The, it, it is that I, you know, I j just like, you know, with, and, you know, if somebody comes to me, for example, and it's not even a biblical matter, they go, I used to be an alcohol or an, an uh, I used to be addicted to alcohol. Um, I can't even be around it. I can't even be in a restaurant that serves it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, OK, well, let's go to Chili's and sit at the bar. No, I'm not going to do right. that out of respect. I don't care if it's biblical or not biblical. I'm going to say, well, you pick where we go. If we need to go to McDonald's, we'll go to McDonald's. So, yes, it's McDonald's. that type of thing. McDonald's is worse than a bar. I can make that. <laughs> I can make that argument well, most of the okay, time. Now, now we're really getting off on a trail here, but I also think it's hilarious that we have, and it's not hilarious. I take that back. It's interesting that there are people who say, you know, even the consumption consumption of alcohol is a sin, but therefore, or but then they are, you know, a they're just clear gluttons and just eat until their stomach is just exploding. Ugh. And I'm sorry, but I'm like, how can you sit there and say that? <laughs> well, they can't, they can't, um, they can't move because they have just eaten all the food. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. So I guess we really went off there, but no, let's, let's now let's be creative and bring it back together, Matt. So how can we tie in this randomness to the discussion of the, the conservative Christian church? Well, well oh, I would, I would maybe, maybe think that 
certain perspectives of how we read the Bible and what the content is would be labeled as a conservative perspective. Baptists who refrain altogether from consuming alcohol, I think, fit into what we would might call a, a more conservative camp, whereas mm-hmm. the Lutherans might even be looked at as more liberal because they have a perspective of being able or permissive, you know, to be able to consume that. And I think that is a, that's a label. And I'm not really sure that it's warranted in that case because Lutherans would say Jesus literally drank wine. I can like the whole old Testament, like there's hardly even any mention of water. <laughs> I mean, I, in comparison, I it's like wine is the thing. So why would we, why would we put alcohol in some other, taboo category. But yet, I think that would be considered a more liberal perspective. I think. It, if I went, so speak, you, I'm glad it made me, alcohol was a good thing to bring up. Because if I went to a conservative, you know, independent, fundamental, fundamental, independent Baptist person, and I said, I drink alcohol, they would instantly, in their minds, label me as a liberal Christian. Okay, and of, the, and of the devil, or or a liberal Probably. Christian is different from being of the devil, I suppose. But I, <laughs> I mean, is is there a big distinction in their mind on that? Yeah, I mean, I would still think they would say this person is like you're you still know, going to may, heaven, but just barely. Yes, that 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 they may be a Christian, but you know, I, I heard this joke, and I, and it's one of my favorite jokes. And I'm sorry, I know we're running out, but I love it. So this guy goes to heaven. And St. Peter's taking him around and he opened to all these mansions and he opens up one. He goes, this is where all the Presbyterians are. And he closes the door. Mm-hmm. Then he opens up the other one. He says, here's where all the Lutherans are. And the guy goes, oh, great. And he closes the door. And then he goes to the next one. He opens it up. He goes, here's where all the Methodists are. He goes, oh, great. And he closes the door. The next one, he opens it quick and shuts it. And the guy goes, who's in there? He goes, the Baptists. They think they're the only ones here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. So I think that applies to most of those other denominations yes, too. TBH. Absolutely. But I, mean, I actually, I actually heard that joke from someone in my church who would be would claim. Now we're a non-denominational church, but he would claim Baptist theology. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm glad you could joke about that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. so what we've decided is that the the labels of conservative and progressive might be, in fact, detrimental to the. Uh, the unity of the of the church. Yes, I, mean, I, I think good. we might have different ways of of worshiping, different histories, different ways of even understanding the scriptures. But that should not prevent us from speaking of our brothers and sisters as being part of the one true church of God. Yes, you. You explained that perfectly. When we start letting those, the words liberal, conservative, Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, fill in the American, when we start letting America, (laughs) when we start letting that get in front of, then we're just explaining what we mean. Like I said, maybe the term's not biblically faithful gospel teaching, but I think if I tell someone that and they go, okay, well, where's your stance on politics? Biblically faithful gospel teaching. Okay, where's your stance on alcohol? Biblical, you know, biblically faithful. That's what I'm trying and, and to with, say. And, but within each of those labels, we have a, a difference of what that actually means, 
right? Absolutely. So I understand why we put adjectives on there, but the more you put on there, it doesn't, it, it, it does some explaining of your perspective, but it doesn't create greater unity in the body. Because, and that's a great point too, because if I say biblically faithful, they say, what's your stance on, on salvation? Okay, well, mm-hmm. people look at that differently. So if I say biblically faith, and so I, you're right that if I say a certain denomination, that helps people understand. But I guess, again, then you start being married, if you will, to a certain, you know, I, I always joke that there's dispensationals and there's, you know, reform within the, uh, within the Baptist uh, denomination. Well, I'm like somewhere right in the middle. But it's so funny. It's like, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. No, I don't. I, I'm interpreting what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And I and I understand, you know, so I guess that's a whole other topic then that you just brought up. So thank you. You're um, that- so welcome. <laughs> You're so welcome. So Well, our efforts uh, going forward, um, we're going to take a look at a few more of the other topics that people brought up. Uh, we have solicited for frequently asked questions, and we've got a few of those. Uh, we've got, I, I asked people for, uh, I think, four word sermon titles that might be challenging. And yeah, some of um, those are good too. So we're going we're gonna to kind of entertain some of those going forward. And I think some of those, those sermon titles are going to really be random because we're going to be like creating yeah. uh, a sermon on the fly here <laughs> as we as we kind of seek to unpack those four word sermon titles um we don't have an, a specific plan for that yet everybody so hang of course in there. we don't <laughs> hang yeah. in there yeah but um so next week we've got um the start of lent and mm-hmm. uh that starts with ash wednesday and that's on that's on also on valentine's day it is yeah now i don't know if that'll be any sort of issue for your people it might be an issue for some of my people, but some would say like, well, we're going to go to church because we've got a service at six o'clock that night. And some are like, nah, I'm going to go out with my honey buns and we're yeah. going to skip church. I don't know. I guess that people have well, to we decide, don't, we, but that's coming up. Yeah. We don't impose ashes. So, okay. Yeah. Do you encourage ashes? I jokes, church jokes. People have asked me about it. I said, absolutely. I mean, I've thought about doing it, but I've thought, I don't think we're quite there. Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday has gone over very well here. Yeah. So we'll just keep doing that. So keep doing that thing. All yeah. right. That's good. Those are very um, conservative church traditions. <gasps> okay. Well, that'll do it for today. Um, This has been Not the Worst Pastors podcast with Matt and James, and we thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. See you.